Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the super busy mommy coach. Hello, and welcome to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach. Um, Before I introduce today's guest, who I'm super excited to have joining us, I just want to let you know that I'm about to be launching a a do-it-yourself version of the challenge that I created for moms going through the coronavirus crisis. Um, It's been adapted to help with any crisis, and it was especially designed for single moms, but has been helpful to any mom who finds themselves in a tough situation where it's just impossible to take care of yourself because you have no uninterrupted time for fitness, for the things you used to do in order to kind of keep yourself mentally and physically at your peak. And let's face it, right now is when we need it the most. So um, if you're looking for creative solutions, you can check that out at superbusymommycoach.com or shoot me a message at superbusymommycoach on Facebook or Instagram. I also have one one-on-one coaching slot that I'm looking to fill. And so if you're interested in individualized solutions, message coach me to superbusymommycoach.com and we'll start your free consultation. All right, today I am super excited to welcome Helene Taylor. Helene is a total badass. She is a certified personal trainer with a fitness nutrition certificate, a level two CrossFit coach, and a PSIA level two Alpine ski instructor. She's a pediatric speech language pathologist with 38 years of experience. And she started a business, Life is for Fun, that focuses on the fitness needs of caregivers of special needs individuals. Colleen has also been a single parent to two amazing athletic kids who are now 20 and 22. Helene, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. This has been like great growing relationship. Yeah, totally. I love talking with you every single time. The the conversations we've had already, I feel like we could just go on and on forever without realizing it's been like hours. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we almost did that last time. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Okay, so um, can I share? Like, can can are you comfortable sharing your age with the audience? Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is is one of those where like everybody has this idea of how old somebody is. I am 61. um, And uh, and I promise you the last picture that I posted of myself on Instagram is not doctored up. My (laughs) my husband is a great photographer, but um, it was with my phone. So um, it may be testament to the importance of taking care of yourself. Um, you can be 61 and not look like other people's like kind of pictured version of 61. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're 61, you CrossFit, <laughs> you teach skiing. I mean, you're just a ball of vitality and energy and it's amazing. And, you know, like you said, it's like people have this idea of what aging is, but that's just because we've allowed it to be that. Like if you abuse your body for that many decades, that's what aging looks like. But aging can also mean that you still have this healthy glow about you. And yeah, you get a couple little lines around your eyes or whatnot, 
you know, we, we have those, right. But, but you just like, you don't look like you're disintegrating and breaking down. You still look, you know, full of energy and, you know, glowing. And it's really great. It's really great. Um, you know, like I was joking last time we talked, I'm like, I want to be like you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like, I'm hoping I can be an inspiration to people on that end too. It's like, you know, you don't have to be that version in your head of what this is. And like, speaking of like energy, like I coach at Park City, I coach a group of girls that are between seven and 11 years old. They're grouped by ability, not age. So it's really cool. So they're all like similar levels of skiers. And um, we hiked up something up into something called Scott's Bowl, um, which is a double black and you have to literally jump into it. So we hiked up and I was like, sorry, (laughs) double black is the super hard stuff. And black and like, and so the, sorry, (laughs) rewind, um, the, um, difficulty grading system for a trail is green. Uh, it's a green circle, blue square, uh, black diamond or double black diamond. And so short version is double black. Um, and, um, sometimes depending on where you live in the country, a black in the east might not look like a black out here. Um, so um, so the double blacks out here are harder because the mountains are higher. Although I dare say like a black diamond at something like Hunter Mountain um, in New York State is hard. And But that's more because of the uh, icy terrain that it gets. I have skied that. Um, I would definitely say that it earns its gradation of black. Um, but out here, uh, like a double black is either you're skiing in the trees or you're skiing something super steep. So I, you know, and this is where like keeping yourself fit, it's just like, it gets more fun. I literally jumped into this bush of powder off of the edge of this trail and skied with these kids and, and I can do it and it doesn't break me. And, and I'm not boasting. I'm just saying like, it, it's still getting better. Um, I PR to lift on Friday and like, cause my, you know, so like you can do this, you can be a single parent, you can be, uh, you can have a full-time career. You can, you know, you can do those things. And if you think about it, it's my thing. It's like, think about things in small pieces, just like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be successful. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we're going to get into how, right? Because a lot of people are like, okay, that's great. You're telling me I can do it, but I can't actually figure out how I'm trying. It's not, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting those results. So we'll get into the how for sure. But first let's go into like, how did you end up passionate about fitness? How did you end up in, how did you end up doing the work that you do? And then, you know, combining your speech pathology and your fitness into this family support business. So the how I got into, um, I mean, I think that there's like different parts of the how. um, um, My earlier part of my life, so like I'm going to, I'm going to give our audience a little bit of the early, early part of my life because um, it was interesting listening to one of your podcasts um, with the Child Whisperer. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have like learned that when I, my kids were younger, but there were also things that resonated with me, um, in terms of my own growing up and, and like how you can turn the page on things. And I think that's important for like this audience to know too, is like, you know what, 
Um, when you look back on it, many of us did not grow up in the perfect household. Um, and, and being tough and determined um, and having maybe some of the other right people in your life that you look towards, it's okay not to look towards your parents if they're not the best influences, but find someone that can help you feel supported and be influenced by. So um, I, um, I, I, I was, I, so yes, I was a single parent, but I was also brought up in, um, in a divorced family as well. So uh, my mother and father divorced when I was in preschool, I believe, um, either preschool or early um, elementary school. And it was a really difficult upbringing as my mother was an alcoholic and a drug abuser. So set the stage for a train wreck. I have a, br a full brother and then I have three half sisters and the, so, um, uh, I'd say earlier part of my life, my influences were teachers. Um, they were my safe people. And, um, and I, and I started to gravitate towards both passion for academics. Um, I also was in a drama club that I loved, um, which is like probably no like, you know, surprise because here I am. Um, I love to sing. So I loved my music teachers. Um, I played the flute. I was in a marching band. Um, all the things you don't know. <laughs> um, I started playing soccer in high school, but like the crazy part of my family life took that over and that didn't continue. But um, when I got to college, uh, my father had a bigger influence on my athletics. And my father was a very active man. He skied, he ran, he went to the gym, he did lots of stuff. And he was the more stable influence in my life. Um, so from an athletic standpoint, I think I started to find that piece of me um, in grad school. Um, I went to University of Illinois. My dad lived north of Chicago, so I did have more contact with him and he got me running. Um, I started going to the gym when um, like on a regular basis when I was in grad school. Um, and, um, and it really kind of went from there um, that I realized that I felt better when I went to the gym. Um, I was able to work that into my, um, my college kind of, you know, schedule. Um, and, um, and then I continued when I, right when I finished, um, I, um, my career, um, that I chose, um, was also, um, something, my uncle is a speech pathologist. And, um, so, um, so it's like, you know, like interesting, again, finding those people, that that are positive influences in your life and again like so except for my dad that I mean it was my dad and athletics and things it was like you know you just have to reach for those people who who can show you yeah you can do this so I um so then I uh yeah I started going to the gym on a regular basis after I graduated and I was lucky there was a gym five minutes from where I worked so I used to work it into my lunch hour I literally like hurry up and leave work, go work out for half an hour, um, quickly clean up and then go back to work. And it made a difference. And so from early on, I realized just even in my work day, obviously I wasn't married. I didn't have kids at that point. And I could have had, you know, bazillion hours to work out afterward, but I realized that that midday workout meant something. So, um, 
so that continued. Um, and then uh, my my career, I think that, you know, I I was there for 10 and a half years in upstate New York. I worked in uh, for United Cerebral Palsy of um, Ulster County and um, had great experience there. Um, I started teaching skiing. It's like, it's all interwoven. Um, the, I started, so like I started doing all the, like I started teaching skiing the winter after I graduated from grad school and, you know, you have all this time. Okay. Then, you know, fast forward, I moved out here, um, and for other ski and work opportunities. And, um, that was, um, quite a while ago, um, uh, met my husband out here, my first husband, I should say, (laughs) Um, and had kids a few years later. So my, so my daughter, um, uh, I had my daughter when I was 38. Um, and so this is the other thing I want to tell people. It's like, oh, I'm 32 and I haven't had kids. It's like, it's okay. It's okay. And like people who think that they're like, go back to the you're too old. I'm too old, whatever. Um, I had Sarah when I was 38. I had Josh when I was 40. Um, they may account for some of why I look the way I do because like you, um, like you're all in, you know, with Eric and, and I have always been all in with Sarah and Josh, even on the hardest of hard days. And, um, and by virtue of that, I felt like I needed to keep up with them. And like an example is yesterday, I'm riding the chairlift um, at Park City in the Jupiter area, which is that super hard area. And I look down and there's Sarah and she's coaching her group and, you know, trying to stay connected with my son. He's doing this ski joring thing, which is skiing behind a horse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) These are the things like your kids decide to do, you know, like such an influence. I have my kids are a little crazy. Um, But, you know, the... Um, you know, so, um, the, when I was married, um, to their dad, um, I, I realized that my fitness was starting to fall off and it was affecting my mindset. It was affecting how I did stuff with my kids. I was still running. Um, that's one thing I have to say, like, um, so my ex-husband and I met through running and, um, we, um, so, you know, we, we trained a lot, um, in terms of just like running stuff. Um, I did a half marathon the summer after I had Josh, I mean, you know, kept doing those things, but then there were some things where I felt like I needed to add or change. And I made sure that that was part of it. Then we got divorced and life got crazy. Um, as you know, most single parents know it's like, you know, okay. Oh, right. Now what do we do? Um, and going back to the doing things in small pieces, um, I started with the smallest thing that I could. Um, and so like when you're saying, all right, now I do all these things, but where did it grow from? So you got the reader's digest version of the until I got divorced. (laughs) And, um, and then, um, but I am like, oh gosh, how do I go to the gym? How do I get my run in things like that? Um, and I think you have to start small. So when I look back, I was like, all right, my ex-husband had my kids on Tuesday night. So that was a night to go to the gym. Okay. The kids were in school Friday. They were like, they, I worked Monday through Thursday, um, which I still do. Um, so on Friday morning when they were, after I dropped them off at school, I would go to the gym. So I made sure I did those things like those were sort of written in stone, non-negotiable. 
I was still volunteering at their school. So I'd go to the gym and then go do my volunteer thing at school. Um, and then, um, but those two days made a difference. Um, luckily also, um, uh, my ex-husband and I um, had a cordial enough relationship that um, because we both also love to ski, um, we made it so that we could still ski with the kids. So um, when um, so, I mean, we just kind of worked that out. Um, so we say so Sarah was let me just think about this. OK, so Josh was six and Sarah was eight. So they were at that point, both in ski programs in Park City. Um, Park City has great kids ski development programs within um, and that kind of flow into they call it pipeline into the Park City ski team. Um, so um, they were both in those programs. So um, I made sure that I continued that um, because like so it's like instead of saying like, I can't, it was more like, okay, how are we going to figure this out? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I continue to do those things, um, you know, with them. So I was actually coaching, um, for, um, Park City and in the, what they called Saturday Adventure. Um, I now coach and learn to race because once Sarah or Josh aged out of Saturday Adventure, then I coach and learn to race and that's where I am now. But, um, but it's like, it's a, an evolution of things. So they didn't all start that way. Um, and, and I, I think you have to, um, like really just kind of tough out some of the hard times and, and find the balance, um, transportation for my kids to going up to ski was sometimes, um, a partial argument I'll say with my ex-husband is like, well, we're just doing this. They can't be late. I can't be late. And so I would sometimes have to make the decision to go get them instead of him dropping them off. And um, I'm like, all right, you know what? I like, um, I think that, you know, um, you have to decide if you're going to have an argument or you're just going to do what you got to do to make things work. So that's what I did. Um, with my, um, and so that's, you know, part of my personal thing. And then I continued all that. Um, you know, that I taught my kids, uh, and, uh, to be as independent as they could be. Um, so they didn't depend on me all the time. So I could go for a short run, lock them in the house. I live, I live in a, a pretty safe neighborhood, but like I could lock them in the house um, and we'd be okay. We got a dog when Sarah was in sixth grade. Um, and this was a rescue who uh, became very attached to Sarah. Um, and so these are like all the little funny things. Like you're making me remember, like, how did I do this? Uh, uh, Toto, who doesn't look at all like Toto, is um, a Jindo, which is a Korean hunting dog. We got him because Sarah was doing a volunteer project at the Humane Society. And because she was only in sixth grade, I had to go. So that meant Josh went. So we would all go once a week to do this volunteer thing on Friday. Um, and one day, Sarah, uh, we were looking at this dog and I don't know. It just like happened. Like in three hours, I had a dog and <laughs> uh, from volunteering. It did. It wasn't on the first day, I promise you. But like we made this connection with this dog. Well, this dog is territorial and this dog would sooner eat you than allow you in the house um, at that point. 
And, and so was a, he was okay with us. Um, so, um, I worked Toto into my fitness routine because I, I started running with Toto. He had to be walked or run in the morning. So that was part of my fitness routine. Like I would do just a two mile run with Toto, which I promise you was not slow because the guy can run. Um, and, and so, you know, like I, I, I think like a lot of things evolved that way. And that helped me stay fit. Um, kept going to the gym, obviously. Um, um, I was also very, um, I, I was also very um, into fitness with a girlfriend of mine who is um, a physical therapist. Uh, she's a pediatric physical therapist. Her um, son and Sarah uh, went to school together. They've been in school together since um, Sarah was in second grade. And we started the presidential fitness program at their school. Um, and, um, Marianne and I were able to get parent volunteers. This is a school that had relied on parent volunteers for a lot of things anyway. So that wasn't a hard part, but, but getting parent volunteers who felt okay about their own fitness to do this was a little tricky at first. And so I felt like we influenced this whole other group of families, um, and kids, that went on to do some amazing things. I mean, it's fun to see where like Sarah's elementary school schoolmates and Josh's too went on um, in terms of fitness. Um, the, um, and, and so like, you know, like um, one of the things that people have asked me over time and, and this is even when the kids were in elementary school was how do you do this? And, and I think it kind of reminded me of just being pregnant. It's like you didn't all of a sudden have this eight month worth of, you know, mass in front of you, right? It's like, you know, if you put that weight in front of me now from this weight to that weight, like now I'll be like, whoa, how did I do that? Well, I didn't do it all at once. Um, like that, that weight grows, you know, with the weeks and months. Um, so similarly like activities, and this is again, what I try to remind people of, it's like, yeah, I do a lot of stuff now, but I didn't say, Hey, you know, tomorrow I'm going to be a ski instructor and a CrossFit coach and, you know, and do all these other things. I'm, I, I did it little by little. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make, whether they're single parents or not. It's like, it didn't all, it, you don't have to do it all at once. It, it can't be done all at once. Um, and so as one thing, it's like a layer, as one thing became comfortable, then I was able to add another layer and add another layer. Um, I'm a part-time ski instructor um, when I didn't have kids. That meant I could teach on both Saturdays and Sundays and during some holidays. Okay, fast forward to having kids. You can't do that. Um, and so um, so with um, Josh and Sarah, their dad had them every other weekend. So And they were both in ski programs. Um, so I coached on the day that they were also in programs. And when their dad had them also on Sundays, then I also worked on Sunday. That helped because I made some extra money too. But, um, but really like I fit it in around the kids schedule, um, and that worked, um, uh, the, um, and, and also because their dad skis, um, it was a benefit to all of us because then, um, 
over a relatively short period of time, the kids were able to ski wherever we wanted to go skiing. Um, they're pretty athletic. So by the time, um, by the time Josh was eight, he could pretty much ski anywhere on the mountain and same for Sarah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you remember out here, like a lot of people who, who are skiers that have kids, their kids are skiing when they're two or three. Um, and like, you know, with the edgy wedgies, the little like connector devices on the tips of their skis, and oh, you know, like that. Um, I probably so need one of those. <laughs> yeah, they make them for grownups, but you probably don't need one. I could teach you how to get down the mountain without killing yourself. Oh, I, well, I'll have to do that. I've never been skiing before. So I know, I know to go to Park City and find you. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'd happily take you skiing. But like, you know, I get what I'm trying to say again is like this whole athletic pursuit, this whole fitness and nutrition pursuit was a process of building layers. It, like, okay, I got this one. All right, so that one's comfortable. Let's add the next one and, and doing it intentionally. You know, it didn't just like land on me. It didn't land on me as an obligation. It landed on me be, because I wanted to do these things. And, um, just like a lot of the things I see you do with Eric, it's like you introduce your kid to your passions too, and it makes it that much easier and makes it that much fun. And it doesn't feel like a have to, it's like, you want to do this. Um, so, you know, now, you know, you know, watching my kids and, and the offshoots of that and their positive views of their own fitness and their nutrition and the other things that they do like yeah sometimes it's scary to watch both of them ski because like they can jump off of stuff and you know of course yeah I guess I did say I jumped off something but okay (laughs) but um the um but like kind of skipping over to um the business part of things um I um you can probably tell like you know I I love coaching and so um so my ski instruction stuff, you know, we luckily, and I want to say look like PSIA is like every other professional organization where you are required to do a certain amount of continuing education, um, at least every other year. And so you take, um, on hill or off hill courses that help your own skiing, that help your own teaching, um, and your coaching skills. Um, when you become even, um, a level one instructor, you have to know stuff about coaching. When you become a level two ski instructor, you know more about coaching and so on. Um, the, um, and so that evolved, um, um, and I realized that I also wanted to do more personal training. And then what I started to look at was I I started to really look at the families I work with. Um, it is impossible to do what I do in the speech pathology world, especially in pediatrics, because you're with families for a long time. Um, this is not a few weeks and done. This is, a, you know, probably a few years, um, like you're with families, like, except for a very few for at least a couple of years and you get to know people. And, and what I started to see was this, um, these health problems, um, that some of the parents that I had met when their children were infants, these health problems that some of the moms would tell me that they had. 
Um, and more the moms, I'm saying that it's like the dads are not excluded from this, but in the world, uh, in, a, in our culture and many cultures, it still falls more to the, the, mo the mother than the father um, to care for the child. And, um, and also it may, um, it, it may be more economic based too. Um, if, you know, like the dad's able to work and that job brings in more money, it's like, that's what we have to do. Right. So, um, but I, I watched these moms that were healthy, energetic people start to have like these autoimmune diseases and these like joint disorders, which were basically autoimmune diseases and things happening. Um, and I realized, you know, the, it was the compound, um, effects of stress and, um, knowing what I know about fitness I, I, I felt like I could have a positive impact on these people that have, you know, many of them become my friends to, to like say, Hey, you know, let's, let's do something about this. Um, I started this business, um, and I, you know, with like, it, it's, uh, it's, it's right now still low income producing, but it's like, it's passion for me. Um, and, and I know it will grow, um, but, um, but I've had some really positive feedback and effects of even people like um, starting to build home gyms where they thought I was crazy asking them to do air squats. Um, like I got messages going, hey, I lifted this or I did this in this much time and I'm realizing and, and then I'm watching them look and feel healthier and be more resilient when their kids have some of the, like all of the bumps in the road that comes from kids with different genetic disorders or medical conditions and things like that. Um, so, um, I really try even in my, um, in my sessions with families, once I've gotten to know them a little better is like asking them, like, what are you doing for you? Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about that for a minute, because that also it's, it's impossible to split apart. It's like what you do for you is also equivalent to what you're doing for your child. Mm -hmm. That if you feel like crap, you know, it's harder to do the things you need to know uh, you, that you know you need to do for your kid. So, yeah. So. I mean, that's also powerful. I mean, there's so many things I want to unpack there. Um, emphasizing the point about, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't for your kids. I think, you know, there are the hierarchy of needs and yeah. people are at that point where it's all about logistics, like show up to work, make money, pay bills. I think it's hard to see that because you're like, well, I feel like crap, but I'm still showing up to work, making money, paying the bills. And, and I'm, and so it's better for me to do that than to take care of myself. And like, in, in a sense, like that's part of it. But I think when you take invest in taking care of yourself all of a sudden there's this emotional side you're able to give there's this wisdom that you're able to give mm -hmm. and I completely understand being in a situation where you're not at that stage of the hierarchy of needs yet where it's just like I need to pay the mortgage or I need to pay my rent or I won't have a place to live like I totally get that but the more you can make it a priority. However, you know, like no guilt, no guilt. If you need to, you know, tell your kids like 
go on the iPad for an hour or whatever it is, you know, or, Hey, I'm at, I'm going to ignore you for these 30 minutes, whatever you need to do. I know it's not always that easy, depending how old your kids are. We can, we're going to get into the logistics of how to make this work. We're going to get there. Um, but right now we're talking about the story and like, yes, like, like it is a priority because we're not talking about basic needs only. We're talking about helping them to grow into thriving human beings, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And for that, you need to be a little bit more, you know, at your peak on your own in order to be able to deliver that. It's just, you know, like I know Eric can tell the difference when I'm going through the motions or when I'm actually present with him, you know, like when I'm Mm -hmm. not able to take care of myself the way I'd like to, I'll be there, but he can tell I'm not really there and I'm just trying to force it. And it's not the same for them, you know, and, and it gets deeper as you get, you know, as they go through different stages. But yeah, so I want to underscore that point, of course. Um, And then what you were saying about how it's not built overnight, you know, like, you can't just think, you know, you're going to change your life completely overnight. So like you hear this podcast and you're like, okay, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Like, no, it's not going to happen. And, you know, adding in those layers, you know, finding your quote unquote on ramp, like, okay, what is the thing that I can most easily add into my life that will pay me back? Right. So like, you know, what can I, so maybe it's, you know, um, eating better, like, okay, I can eat better and that will give me more energy. And then once I have that extra energy, I can do, um, some jumping jacks in the morning to help me start on the right foot. And then once I get the boost from that, I can add in a walk during lunch. And once I get the boost from that, well, now I'm sleeping better because I'm getting some activity and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's like, what's your on-ramp? And then, those layers, those layers and being strategic. And, you know, you can, if you're self-taught, you can totally dive into that and figure it out on your own. Of course, having a coach, if you are able to, if you have the means can really help to streamline that process, you know, like people who know my story, know, I thankfully had this background, but it still wasn't easy to figure it all out on my own. Once you added in the logistical challenges, because what's the conventional wisdom, if it's important to you, you'll make time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like what I always say, like I think the fairies that make time live in the forest where money grows on trees. So, <laughs> it's just Yeah, I know. I keep hearing these things like there's two things I hear in podcasts of you need to go to sleep earlier. I'm like, okay, that's nice for you. Right. Yeah. And the other one is right when you get out of bed, you need to get some movement in. I'm like, right when I get out of bed, I need to get my coffee in. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what planet you live on. And like, and then you, you know, you stay in these, you know, like you you keep listening to these things, but it's like, I want to debunk this idea of have tos Mm -hmm. and, and that you have to do all the things. Yeah. You have to pick the ones that'll pay you back. Like you don't have, like, that's like when moms tell me, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have whatever it is. You know, I don't have energy. Like, first of all, people need to believe them. Like they're Mm -hmm. talking to you because they care. They're invested. They want solutions. They want answers. And of course you have those people who are like, I don't have time to work out. I'm too busy binge watching game of Thrones, but like, that's not who we're working with here. You know, like, like, no, we're not talking like, yes, they exist. 
but like we're not talking about them. Like the vast majority of people who come to you or come to me are highly invested and they need innovative solutions. And, you know, like you said, it's like, okay, great. Like you can lecture someone day in and day out about the importance of sleep. If they, if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Like, okay, I have a cluster feeding infant. I get that sleep's important. What do you actually want me to do? So, okay, let's talk about how to improve the quality of your sleep. You know, um, I'm actually a big fan of movement first thing in the morning, but I'm like one minute of jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah. So like I move, it's not like, you know, I'm hanging out in bed for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever is different. Whatever works for you works for you. Right. you do. But like, I'm not doing a 45, like a 45 minute hour long workout in the morning. I'm not a morning person. No. You know, what I do, my my morning stuff I do during COVID, it's been a minute of jumping jacks and then I'll do my usual morning warm up a little later before COVID when I was waking up before 5 a.m. every day. You know, I have a hardcore routine, which um, I mean, people who have worked with me know it. You can get it free on my website, but I have the hardcore routine, which takes less than 10 minutes, about six minutes. And then I would switch that off with like a power burpee routine, which would take five minutes. And like, that's like, I can't do more. I'm not a morning person. Like you are not going to get me up at three o'clock in the morning to do more than that. I'm sorry. I'll do the rest at another time. But Kudos to my friends who go do, do CrossFit at 5 a.m. Like, good for you. Like, yeah, awesome. I fully support that from home under my blanket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, it, it's so individual, you know, like you said, adding those layers, finding your personal on-ramp and then things, you know, you add more and more, like, I can't believe what I've been able to add at this point, you know, from these few years since I've been a mom, it's like, if you had told me what I'd be adding on at this point, you know, like, now I'm like, all right, so I have to work up to two hours of meditation of day for the type of practice that's actually most helpful for me. And so I'm like, all right, well, right now, two hours isn't paying me back enough, because I'm not, um, you know, effective enough at the technique where two hours would give me enough benefits where I could work it in. So I'm doing 15 minutes in the morning and then an hour and at night before I go to bed and I'll work up to the rest of it. I didn't start with that. I started with less and, you know, work up to it. Um, it took me years to work up to that amount. But like you said, like you add in those layers based on what you're on ramp in and as, and what'll pay you back. Um, yeah, I think, and and what you said about your kids doing what you do is so powerful because, you know, they don't have to just be obstacles to health and fitness. They can be uh-huh. your biggest supporters and enablers if you set that up, you know? And like, if you're hearing this for the first time and your kids are 13, yes, it's harder. If you have, you know, babies, you can start doing it immediately, but, you know, they'll they'll do what you do And, you know, there's a difference between physical activity and training. Okay. And it's a really important distinction because, um, some of the programs out there propose like more physical activity as a substitute for training, which you can't do. But then there are others that only propose training and completely leave out the benefits you can get from plain old physical activity. Whereas for for moms, you know, with young kids who interrupt you every four seconds, if you combine the two, there you go. You have a powerful solution. So you get tons of physical activity and movement. And this isn't the 
very specific program type of workouts that get you those incremental results that get you fitter, right? This is just, you know, getting, getting in the movement, getting your blood flowing, staying healthy, a variety of types of movement, you know, to keep your body going. But if you can do that, then you can drastically cut down on how much time you spend on those meticulously programmed specific workouts. And if you choose the right kind of workouts, you don't have to do them back to back because they actually require rest in between. They require mm-hmm. you to recover before doing your next set, which I know, you know, from you do intense stuff, right? When you do that yeah. kind of stuff, which isn't the traditional mom, like traditional mom workout stuff. Everyone knows how much I hate it by now. If it's like, you know, cute little fuzzy pink dumbbells and like, you can do it. I'm like, dude, I lift children all day. What am I supposed to do with these things? Like, you know, yeah. like, we. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That's like you want me to juggle them? Maybe that'll be a workout. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Bring this across the room. I don't know. But you know, the 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 other thing with is to to stay too is like your kids are watching all the time. Yes. Um, whether or not you think they're watching, they're watching. And you just brought up something really important with like, all right, yeah, I've been doing this for my kids entire, literally my kids entire life. I was still teaching skiing when I was pregnant with Sarah. Um, and so yes, Sarah skied before she was born. Okay. But, <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, and Josh too, it's like, you know, okay, my kids. Yeah. Um, but the, um, but the thing is like, they're always watching. And even if like, okay, mommy's going to do three push-ups. Um, and, and they see you doing that. And, and that's they climb on you. Huh? And they climb on you while you do and that. They climb on you. And sometimes then you realize you can do a push up with your kid on your back. <laughs> um, and, and so, but seriously, it's like, why not? Because there's your resistance training. Um, and then good luck not having the dog lick your face. You've seen some of my, my videos probably <laughs> push ups and Grace is licking my face. Um, but they're watching you and like 13 year olds, like, really like going back to that too, because like single parenting of kids in adolescence is tricky. Um, There are so many roads that to navigate, but like your kids still are always watching that. And, um, and, and so, and they pull at you in all different ways, but like holding the line with, you know, some level of your fitness is so important because it represents um, your commitment to yourself. It represents your commitment to just being consistent with something which they desperately need when you're in a single parent relationship and your relationship with their, um, their, their, dad or mom, whatever is, um, you know, can be tenuous. And so they need to see these aspects of consistency in your life, that this is important and we need to keep ourselves healthy. And, um, and, and like even just, you know, so being coordinator of president, you know, co-coordinator of presidential fitness at their school wasn't so I could get this feather in my cap. It was because I so believed in the power for kids in fitness. And by virtue of that, I had to keep myself fit because I'm demoing push-ups, I'm demoing pull-ups, I'm demoing, you know, all these different things. And like, hey, 
you know, this is good for you and me. And so, you know, keeping those things consistent, I guess, you know, for adolescents and teens is as important as anything else. So if there's a parent listening to this or watching this and they jump on and go, yeah, my, I, I missed the boat, like, of doing this when my kid was three, five, eight, whatever, it's like, well, you didn't miss it because you can do it now. And, and that's really important. It's okay. It shows your child that you, you're like, you have the power, you are brave enough to try something new, jumping into fitness. If you were not brought up in that kind of, um, you know, family is hard. Um, like my family never did anything. Did it. My mom was like a really unfit person. Um, you know, and it's like, it goes kind of spills down to her, you know, then alcoholism and drug abuse. And, but my dad was, and uh, a fit person. And, but like, maybe you grew up in a household where, where nobody did stuff, but it doesn't. And so then it's more scary. Yeah. Like, right. Look at you. So it's like, it's okay. Start here. It's okay. One layer, one layer, one layer. You'll get this. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about teenagers. I mean, I I don't have one of my own, so I'm not going to pretend I know what it's like, but just from, you know, I used to be a high school and middle school teacher. And so seeing from that angle, I mean, what parents do really makes a difference. They look up to you and they won't always say it, right? So maybe if you decide to go back to school, they're just going to complain about how, oh, well, I can't go see my friends because you're doing homework. They might complain about that. And then all of a sudden when they're 19, they're like, well, you know, I have to finish my degree because my mom was 45 and she went and finished her degree. And so, you know, I know I can do it. And it's like, you know, with it really makes a difference and you're their inspiration. And honestly, like, you know, when I get hit by mommy guilt for putting time and energy into the things that I feel are important and that can make our future better, or even just things that, you know, I love or am passionate about that I think have a positive impact, you know, it hits me all the time. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, I could be putting this energy towards Eric, towards Eric. And then I'm like, wait a minute what would I want Eric to do? Like when Eric's an adult, what do I want him to do? I want him to take care of his health, take care of his fitness. I don't want to see him break down from stress. I want to see him go after his dreams. How can I tell him to go after his dream? Like I want to be able to give him advice because I went after my dreams and actually succeeded. Then I can, Mm -hmm. I then I can actually help him besides just setting the example. I can help him to go after his dreams instead of just cheering him on. And like, don't get me wrong. Cheering, cheering on is, is, amazing. I'm so happy. I have family who cheers me on through this. When I think about it, I'm like, what do I want Eric to do? I'm going to do it. So like anytime that guilt hits me and like with the moms I work with, I tell them the same thing. When the guilt hits, like think like, what do I want my child to do? And then do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, involving your kids in all those things is so important too, um, where you can, the, um, I'm going to kind of move over some to the nutrition part and how um, that's also found its way into what I do with the special needs families. Cause I go one of, okay. So I'm a speech language pathologist. I work with kids with communication and cognitive disorders, but a large part, like probably more than half 
of the kids I work with are kids with feeding and swallowing disorders. And these are kids with medical conditions that have affected their ability to eat for all different things, you know, from kids who had really bad reflux as infants, um, or who still do because I work with infants too, to, um, to you know, a teenagers, adolescents. Um, more of the population of kids I work with are under 10. Um, and the, um, the, and there's lots of reasons why, like I've got kids who have like neurologically based swallowing dysfunction, all those things. And, and so, um, and a lots of, lots of kids with sensory processing disorders. Um, and, and so I, um, the one very, uh, positive, um, piece of growing up was, um, that my mother, um, loved to cook. Um, my, their, uh, her family is from, um, Italy. Um, my father's side of the family also loves to cook. Um, they're from, um, the, our grandparents, parents are from Germany and, um, or were from Germany and Russia and like big food family. So I grew up with this big food family. So I'm lucky that way because I also had that background of good food. Um, and I love to cook too. And I try to share that with families because, you know, when you're working with families whose kids will only eat three foods. Um, like, you know, I see kids, um, I've been seeing a kiddo who he eats, um, uh, these chocolate hostess cakes. He drinks chocolate milk, um, and something else. And those were most of his foods. And we were able to branch out where he decided he liked ranch dressing. And then we branched that out making ranch dip with whole milk, plain Greek yogurt and like doing some things with that. And, and so trying to teach families good food choices. And then um, there is something, um, I'll have to find out on Instagram another day. Um, but it was a great, um, an, it was another Instagram um, uh, a person who um, works with families of kids who are picky eaters and how we should not be hiding foods for our kids, but really teaching them to participate in how we can learn to eat new foods. And, and so I have an opportunity to use the nutrition side of what I do um, with my special needs families and say, okay, let's try it this way. And, and so again, back to the layers of um, the goal um, and for all of you out there who have kids, um, you're worried about their nutrition, the goal um, for your kids and all of us is to be able to eat at least 10 um, sources, different different sources of protein. I'm not talking about 10 different chicken nuggets or 10 different flavors of yogurt, um, <laughs> but uh, 10 different sources of protein, 10 different, when well, we try to keep it simple. So again, simple is key here, 10 different sources of starches and then, and not all white starches, and 10 different sources of combined fruits and vegetables. And, and like, and then again, simplifying, my kid won't eat, um, let's say my kid won't eat, you know, X kind of vegetable, but if I puree it and I, and they see me puree it and I puree it with, you know, X, Y, and Z seasonings, they'll eat it. I'm like, great. Okay. I don't care if they're not eating a whole piece of broccoli, but if they eat blended broccoli, go for it. This is awesome. Um, and so teaching like variety, teaching different food preparations. And these are things we need to know as adults too, 
It's like, you know, my, um, my husband who I've been remarried for almost four years and, um, he was, was, I'm happy to say was a very simple eater and he's branched out, um, for a lot of things. And, but like also even with adults, it's a process. You know, Chris did not eat asparagus. Chris did not eat kale. Chris did not eat like a few other vegetables that I make, but he does now because, because, and you know, we're learning how to cook things differently and he helps me with things and like all of the little go back to layering of what we do. It's like, okay, he smelled it. Okay. He tasted it. Okay. Like I think about, oh my gosh, I've done feeding therapy with my husband, but, um, (laughs) When I start saying this out loud, I realize that I'm using the same principles with my husband as I do with the kids that I work with. Um, but I have to do on that ourselves. With- huh? on ourselves when I need to change my own eating habits. I've used some of those same principles. Nothing right. wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's all the same thing. Um, but, and then like, you know, just like, so then his kids are like, oh, dad's eating, it's like, oh, and they're excited because like he's eating something different. So, so like, it's all like, I'm like, if I, I did like a spider web diagram for this, this conversation, it's like, again, back to your kids are watching, his kids are in high school, mm-hmm. right? And now they're like, ah, oh, dad's eating like red peppers made a different way. And that's really cool. And they're excited about that. So it's this whole family thing. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm lucky I've been able to take like my cooking background into my, you know, my feeding therapy background into my fitness and nutrition background, like, and working with families that way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's so important. I mean, first of all, that could be an on-ramp for a lot of people that gives them that extra energy and well-being where they can do the other things or where they can sleep better so that they have more energy, whatever it is. But also, I mean, it's just, like you said, I mean, we start breaking down and if, you know, I think a lot of times when families are going through a rough time, you know, whether it's the coronavirus crisis or, you know, if you have a special needs child who requires a lot of, you know, extra support and attention, I feel like there's this thinking that, well, now's not the time to worry about that. I have more important things. And I think part of it comes from, and thankfully this has changed a lot. I don't think the younger generation thinks this way at all, but a lot of it has come from this idea that, you know, dieting and exercise is to look good in a bathing suit. Right. So, well, yes, if that's your goal, then no, you don't have time for that. But if you consider it as absolutely essential for functioning well and living well and being independent into old age, that maybe your kids don't have to spend as much time taking care of you or whatever the case is, you know, all of that, like it is essential. And yeah, I think getting that in there, getting that nutrition in, it's just vital because what you were talking about with, you know, the autoimmune disorders and everything, like, no, I'm not saying every single one can be cured by diet, but let's put the basics in place and see what happens because sometimes those miracles happen. Those diseases that the doctors say can't be cured. You put the basics in place with proper diet and exercise you know, mindfulness, stress management techniques, and then they're gone. And, you know, I've seen it in my own practice. I'm sure you've seen it in your Mm -hmm. own practice. These are supposedly impossible cases and it happens. Can it work for everybody? No, I'm not saying that. Like if someone comes to me, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, that's just because you're eating wrong. No, because I also know the people who have done everything right and they're still struggling. Fine. But like, 
don't try to bail out your boat when it's still under the waterfall. Get out from under the waterfall and then try to patch it up, you know? Then see what work is left to do. Don't stay under the waterfall. So, yeah. That's such a good analogy. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, yeah, so it's so, so true. Um, Yeah, so I really want to get into the nitty gritty, um, like really in detail for the parents who maybe don't have the background in fitness, you know, who don't have as much knowledge, like how to actually make this work and get results. Because I just can't drill this in enough. Like how many moms I come across who are doing everything they know and not seeing it. And so it's just this skepticism or this, they're almost like jaded. Like, what can you possibly tell me that's any different? And so I really want to drill that into detail. Um, And then I really want to get into a little bit more about your work with families and what you are doing to like the the transformations you see in these people who you said were breaking down with autoimmune diseases. And um, (laughs) here's my business. Yeah. You're thirsty. You want to get yourself some water, bud, or you want to bring the juice here and I'll pour it for you. Green juice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's drill into like the logistics. So the person who's listening, who is like, what can you possibly tell me that's different? You know? So, I mean, let's start with you. Like what, how do you break things down and tell your clients to break it down when they are literally at their limit? Um, I start with, um, you know, I think that I I'd like to know a couple of things. I want to know what their goals are. Um, and then I want to know about what their life is like. I mean, not, I mean, without getting too personal, um, life is how many kids do you have? You know, what's your schedule? Um, you know, uh, stuff about what your, you know, your house schedule, meaning like, do you work, you know, do you volunteer a lot? Um, what are your household responsibilities? Things like that, because, because like those things are not going away. Um, and, and so, um, I, I really make sure I have people write stuff down. Don't just tell me what you're doing. Let's write it all down. Um, let's write out some goals and say, okay, what are you currently doing to try to meet those goals? And, and I think the very first thing, um, to really, um, discuss is, is that people don't realize that they are often doing things that are already meeting those goals, but somehow because of the more flashy part of our fitness and wellness world, they think that they're not doing what they should be doing. And, you know, going back to the concept of layering things, it's like, let's take what you are doing first. Oh, does that count? Yes. You know, I want to know also about their nutrition. Um, I want to know about any food allergies. I want to know about any food challenges at their family. I mean, like maybe, um, for example, I had a kiddo that um, he was for a while, he was on something called a ketogenic diet, which is very work intensive. um, Because um, if you think about keto, um, um, there are kids with seizure disorders that a ketogenic diet has been very successful with. Um, and do not do this without a doctor's. This is not something people should do without a strict, um, guidance by a registered dietitian. 
and neurology and all that, but it's a, it's a, a known treatment, but like, let's say I'm just using this ketogenic diet, or you have a child who's got, you know, three different food allergies. And so like, you've got stuff that um, is financially challenging. You have stuff that is very, especially in the case of a ketogenic diet, making some of those foods takes a long time. Um, you have different kinds of food allergies. Sometimes you've got two kids with one allergy and another kid with a different allergy. So really negotiating all those things and saying, all right, let's learn one new recipe this week that's going to work for your family. Or let's learn a recipe that you can tweak two ways so that everybody can have the same thing, but maybe with, you know, child A has these ingredients, child B has these ingredients, but not a lot of modifications. And so my cooking background comes in there. Um, and so like, we're looking to see like, what's one thing we can change this week. And, um, but I, but I think really acknowledging what they're already doing first, because, um, because in, this is something I learned too, is like, like me, I didn't realize all the things I was doing. Like when I started going and I was doing this and my kids did this and my kids did this, like, I am not a shiny example of motherhood, you know, like I did these things because I was able to figure out the logistics, but that's not everybody. And oh, oh, I made mistakes, you know, like, <laughs> again, listening to your mommy whisper thing the other day, it was like, I was cringing because <laughs> It's like, okay, epic fail on this side. I'm not going to put that aside because my kids are like, okay, they live through that. But, um, but yeah, when I, when I meet with people, I really try to hone it down to things that are more simple, but also things that are currently successes because they come to you because they feel like they're failing. Mm. And like, I want to be like you. Okay, great. Good, but don't be, you know, but I want you to be you too. And um, let's see what you are doing and really, really, you know, writing things down. Um, I kind of, I try to come up with simple goals, simple daily goals um, for the day. So um, just like with, you know, a lot of your fitness stuff um, today, I want you to get in five minutes of, and then we pick something. Okay. So it could be, we've got an activity goal and we've got a nutrition goal. Um, and the nutrition goal could simply be find one new recipe. Might not even be cook the recipe, just find the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and let's get through that. And then I'll try to give them some um, variability because if I say, okay, we're going to find some exercise that you can do for five minutes a day, we're going to change up what that is every day. Um, but it's really interesting. Like I have this six minute ab thing that I do and you're, you're doing six different core strength exercises for one minute each. And when you're done with those six minutes, you know, you did something and, and, and that's important too, because I try to give them something that has some degree of intensity so that even though it was quote unquote, only six minutes or five minutes, whatever it is you feel like you did something. And I think that's, that's what people are reaching for too. It's like, I can go for a walk for five minutes and feel like I did nothing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and again, like, you know, you talked about like you have movement activities and fitness activities that might be seen differently. So I try to give them more fitness activity, fitness activities because they are moving a lot. So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Um, I mean, there's just so much overlap with what we do, you know, um, I, 
I, you know, also start with what they're already doing is, you know, slightly different light. It's sort of like, you know, people, like you said, they come because they feel like they're failing. And in a lot of cases with the moms I'm working with, with the goals, like we're getting really specific, you know, into fitness and nutrition goals, um, sometimes weight loss goals. Um, you know, they, they feel like it's them, right? Because the answer is always, well, push harder or make time or make it work. So they, they come feeling like, well, you know, well, I just get lazy sometimes. It's like, no, you get burnt out. There's a very big difference, you know, like there are, and so shedding light on how, what they're doing is an incredible effort and is a lot. And then how you just need to know the tricks right? Like, like that's our job to know the tricks, right? Know what's going to work better. And so you don't have to put in more effort necessarily, or more time, you know, you, we're going to tell you, we, the experts, it's our job to tell you the best way to use those times. And so I kind of use that conversation to give them hope, like, okay, no, there are other things to try here. And it won't feel as bad as you imagine it'll feel because if you're putting in so much effort doing things that are ineffective and getting little bits of results, and then you see the results you want, it can, in your head, it seems like, oh my God, I can only imagine what I'll have to do to get there. But Mm -hmm. to find out that maybe you just need to tweak what you're doing and you can increase the results with the same amount of effort, all of a sudden there is hope. And so just for people who are listening to give an idea, um, you know, so people have like actionable things. I think what you said about intensity is really important. Um, And I think there's, you know, like a type of intensity. So, um, you know, for example, doing a bunch of stuff back to back. So, you know, and trying to increase more and more and more isn't always helpful for parents because you don't get more and more and more time. Um, And also, you know, doing feel the burn type of exercises, which are more muscular endurance. For those, you often need to put, you know, have longer stretches of uninterrupted time to get optimal results with those types of exercises. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're going for hypertrophy, which is, you know, muscle building, um, you know, not, no women won't look like bodybuilders from doing this. (laughs) Like, um, you know, muscle building, uh, max strength, power, those exercises actually get optimal results in short bursts with rest in between. And so instead of trying to carve out 30 minutes of uninterrupted time, pick a task where you're kind of on and off. Maybe you're playing with your kids. Maybe you're helping them with homework. Maybe you're cooking, but where you can do a set to... people have different ideas of failure. Mine is a safe failure when you can no longer do the exercise hundred percent perfect form in control. I'm not talking about falling down and dropping weights here, but if you can, you know, go where you can do the exercise to safe failure in about 30 seconds or so. Um, first of all, it's less painful. So if you find yourself where you're just constantly uncomfortable with the burnout, the exhaustion, physical pain. Sometimes, you know, those feel the burn workouts aren't very motivating. Um, And so doing one where, you know, you get to that point where you have to stop before you start feeling physical pain can be very beneficial and can increase your motivation and can, in that situation that most busy parents face where you're multitasking actually gets better results. Ta-da! And so 
whatever the exercise is, if it's a power exercise, like if you're doing box jumps onto your coffee table or your ottoman or your stairs or whatever, you'd want to make sure that it's high enough where you are burning out after about 30 seconds. If you're using weights, even if you're using your body weight, you'd want to choose a variation that has you burning out after about 30 seconds to a minute. So where you go to do the next rep and you're like, nope, I can't quite do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, using like things like time under tension and I mean, as opposed to speed, you know. Yeah, totally. And, you know, then don't try to increase the intensity by just adding more, increase the difficulty of the actual exercise. So like, okay, so let's say, like you mentioned before, okay, mommy can get in three push-ups. Mommy's going to do these three push-ups. You know what? So once you can do three push-ups easily, well, maybe you can't do five, but maybe you can add a jump with your hands for some power. Maybe you still can't do five, but maybe you can do clapping push-ups. Maybe you still can't do five, but you can put your feet on a stability ball and do clapping push-ups. So just increasing the um, the the challenge, the the intensity or the difficulty of the movement in some way, instead of trying to just do more. And, and that's how you can keep getting fitter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like we said earlier, Oh, for, I just want to add a disclaimer for those of you who really are trying to be self-taught, make sure you look into muscle balance so that you're hitting all of your major muscle groups in a balanced way because your muscles have opposing muscle groups, right? So if I lift my arm this way, I'm using certain muscles and then the opposing muscles would put it back down. And you want to make sure that those muscle groups have the right kind of balance so that you don't end up setting yourself up for micro trauma injuries later on. Like if your muscles are imbalanced, your posture gets off, and then you can end up kind of hurting yourself over time. So look into that concept if you're trying to do this on your own, especially with intense exercises like we're discussing here. I want everyone to be safe. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, let's discuss it. Um, have you ever received the criticism that like we shouldn't be talking about these because women will hurt themselves? Oh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, but more so in the past. Not yeah. like, magazine people, like how come it's okay for men to do it? Yeah. But all of a sudden women, it's like, oh no, 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 they're going to hurt themselves. No, if it's acceptable and safe for men to discuss these things, then it's acceptable and safe for women to discuss these things. Well, I think about function too, because like uh, all of the, the uh, exercises that I give people, um, much like the CrossFit workouts that I do, they have a functional purpose. Okay. Um, I created a workout, um, when we were pre COVID able to do group workouts and I called it the vacation workout because, (laughs) because it was all about stuff you had to do when you were on a vacation. So I did overhead lifts because you have to put your luggage, your carry on luggage in the overhead bin, which is really hard when you're only five foot two. Um, I had them doing burpees because you got to get off your beach blanket. I had them doing um, farmer carries because they had to carry their luggage. Um, I had them doing squats because you have to pick your kids up, you know, and different and like and wall balls because sometimes you throw your kids up when you're in the pool and they go into the water. So like all of these things, it's like when I'm creating workouts and when I'm doing my own workouts, I'm like, all right, what's the functional purpose behind this? I know doing, okay, so, and like, I'm looking at sport and things, like maybe you have some parents whose kids are into sports or their moms are starting to want to do these things. I know I ski better 
because I do box jumps. I could do what I did yesterday skiing because I do box jumps because I need to get myself up in the air. I need to land without killing myself. Um, and, and so like, but looking at like functionally, um, when I create things for families and, and so, yeah, when you're talking about the male versus female thing, it's like, Hey, we all have to do these things. So there's no male female thing as far as the type of workout. The only male female thing is because the strength uh, ratios are different. Um, uh, just like, again, when you look at CrossFit workouts, the RX weights are different for men than women. Sometimes calories on the bike are different for men, like power output, um, for most are different. Um, so that's the only real difference, but everybody does the same thing because in the end, we all have to do the same thing. Exactly. Like our bodies are made differently. The principles still apply, right? So when it comes to upper body exercise, I feel like that's the easiest one to illustrate you know, um, you know, it comes to say upper body exercises, we may still choose weights based on our rep maximum, you know, um, how many you can do, you know, how many you can do before you fail. Uh And so for a woman, you know, of the same weight as a man, that number would probably be less. Well, you know what, with a, with a man, more of their, so like a pull-up is the, I think the easiest example with a, when a man does a pull-up, because a man's body weight is more in his back muscles, his upper body muscles, more of the body is assisting with the pull-up as opposed to resisting it. When a woman does a pull-up, you mean you're going to follow the same principles, right? Of how to work up to a pull-up of, you know, when to stop doing the pull-up, but you probably won't be able to do as many because more of your body weight is dead weight going against your pull-up. Um, but you're right. Like the principles are still exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can't do this because I'm a woman is not an answer for me. I also think women who have fit arms, shoulders, you know, torsos, I mean, like it's sexy. It's like, you know, all right, you look better. (laughs) Um, and then you feel better too. I mean, there's that part too. Yeah. I want to look better. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it becomes an upward spiral. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I completely support people wanting to look however they want to look, you know, like I'm against the fitness industry telling people how they should look. And I'm also against the people who shame people for wanting to look different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. Okay. So before we close out, I really want to hear some of the application. You have your business, you work with these families. It's such powerful work maybe share some success stories or some of the, the changes that you've seen have a, you know, a big impact. So someone who's listening today, who maybe can't necessarily do private sessions with you, but something that's widely applied and can have a big impact. Like, let's hear it. So, um, people can even, um, look at my Instagram life is for fun, um, HDT, um, because, and if you just scroll back, um, I've got lots of simple workouts for people. Um, and I think, yeah. And, and sorry, like to, again, t- not sorry, sorry, not sorry. Taking a, um, a cue from you on those shorter workouts, um, that, um, so like I, I've done a lot of very simple things. I've done something where today I just want you to do squats. Um, so I've got a lot of those. Um, uh, and, um, I think that's like the shortest path to finding some things that someone could do today. 
Um, just scroll back in my Instagram um, there. Uh, the other um, is the numeral four fun. Uh, oh, it's yes. Sorry. Yes. Life is number four fun. HGT. H clean. Yeah. Um, and there's a funny another day. It's G is in Gardner. T is in Taylor. Um, um, we, we accidentally flipped my, <laughs> my initials. <laughs> Um, but that's how it is. So it's all good. Um, yeah, yeah, my husband laughs at me, you know, this is my life. It's like, nothing's perfect and it's funny. Um, but, um, the, um, so those workouts are in there. My website, um, I'm actually revising some things, but it's there. So you can see some pictures of people, real people that are, um, working on working out. Um, the woman whose picture shows up first with me is a huge success story. Um, her face and I am not like that picture is probably from three years ago. Um, but I want to keep it there because it's a picture of someone who could not do, um, what we call pass-throughs, which are a mobility exercise, um, using a PVC pipe. And the look on her face was the day that she could actually get her arms all the way back with the PVC. And she was so excited. Um, She, oh my gosh, she probably gave me the most grief during our group workouts when we were able to do them. Like, you want me to do what? I'm not doing this CrossFit thing. Well, they now have a home gym. She has been slowly acquiring stuff in their garage. and um, and she has a rig, she has a bench, she has a barbell and weights and like all this stuff. Um, she is working out every day. Her husband um, had also been struggling with some mental health issues and is now working out with, I just found this part out like a few weeks ago. Um, he is working out with her every day. Um, and, and so like, I am so excited. So this is a family I've known since their oldest, who is now in high school, um, was three and, um, she's like my go-to person now for so many things. I'm just, she's like my poster child for success going and, and the picture of her, by the way, on the website is not how she looks now. I should put it, I'm going to get an updated picture of her. Um, but, um, but where, Um, We work through a lot of things in feeding therapy, actually, with her son. And and so I was able to also influence their nutrition and um, the family's nutrition, not just his. And then mom's fitness. And this is where, again, your kids are watching. Her, Her daughter, who was 16 at the time when we were doing group workouts, was coming to the workouts. And, um, and now her husband, I mean, that was like, that was like a gift to me to know that I had had that kind of, that I was able to, to have that kind of an impact on a family where I'm helping someone indirectly, Mm -hmm. um, through the stuff that I've taught them. So, yeah. Yeah. It has that ripple effect, you know, you affect one person and it ripples through the family, you know? And so um, you know, I work specifically with moms, so I say moms, but you know, whoever it is, you, you change one person and it ripples, whether it's the elderly parents they're taking care of the rest of their immediate family, um, you know, their brother, their sister, all of a sudden sees it and wants to make the same changes. It really, it's contagious. 
Yeah. So um, I can like, so I will continue to post things that people can do generally, like you're saying, but like, I also have um, people can contact me um, through my website um, if they want more personal training. And because I know about the, um, the financial um, impact of having a special needs child uh, is huge. Whether you have private insurance, if you're on Medicaid, whatever, um, I make it very affordable for families um, setting up um, uh, six and 12 week programs. Um, so, um, you know, trying to make it so it's doable um, for them too. So like more personalized things. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And do you work with clients only in person or online as well? Oh, um, online. Right now, it's more online than anything else. So, um, yeah, it was in person. um, But um, and that's, again, it was more in person when we were able to, you know, meet at the gym. Yeah. Um, well, because people haven't heard there's been like a pandemic that, you know, yeah. some people are staying home a little <laughs> bit now. And so a lot of things that, you know, we had to move online in case you haven't heard about that thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think I like doing, I, I've liked doing the online thing more like doing like zoom things because I want to see what's in your house. I yeah. want to be like, Hey, you know, you're talking about making things more difficult or more easy. Like, um, you know, how can we do those step ups using your coffee table? Like, let me see what you have. Like, you don't have a home gym. No problem. What do you got? So like, yeah. So I have people, you know, give me a tour around the house and, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be perfectly clean. I don't care. So. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now. Yeah. I've been doing online since before, well before COVID for those reasons. I just found that when you're in their life on a daily basis, like texting them in the middle of a situation, it's so powerful as opposed to like, well, I will see you every other week for one hour. It's like, you know, that's, that's helpful and it has its own benefit, but I've just, I've always loved the online space and it was just so natural to me. Like once I became a mom and I couldn't do in-person work, so just kind of you know, migrate to that model. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, there's that other like part that about parents is like, I got to find a sitter. Yeah. Um, And like going back to the obstacles for fitness, Mm -hmm. I have to find a sitter. I have to pay for a sitter. I have to drive a half an hour to where my trainer is. So there's a time component too. And I still remember the time in my life where gas money was tricky. So, um, so like all those things still exist. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, now we have the gift of being able to do this stuff online. So I want to make it as easy as possible for people so they can be successful. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, you're an inspiration. I love the work that you do. I know we'll continue to collaborate and have these chats and, you know, influence each other and work together. Um, it's just, it's always, it's always so great talking to you. Thank you so much Thank for being you. on today. Thanks. I, and, and yeah, I know kudos to you for your podcast and all your topics. So keep going. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Definitely make sure if you're listening, make sure you check out Helene at life is for the number four fun HGT on Instagram um, website. Life is for fun. HGT.com. Life is for fun. Utah. Utah.com. Okay. Awesome. Make sure you go check her out. I'm looking to working with her. If you find yourself in a situation where you could benefit from her expertise, which is a lot of people. Um, and of course, you know, make sure you check out, um, you know, 
holistictherapiesdirectory.com who produces this podcast. And if you are a holistic practitioner or you're looking for a holistic practitioner, practitioner, go there, um, you know, and you'll be able to get what you need in order to share your work with the world or find the person who matches with you. Um, Thank you for listening to the Badass Moms podcast. Again, I'm Nicole Cruz, Super Busy Mommy Coach. Don't forget to check out superbusymommycoach.com or hit me up at superbusymommycoach on Facebook or Instagram if you're interested in the new do-it-yourself version of our, you know, signature challenge. We're changing the name by, it was the fight it, don't fear it challenge. And it's now the single moms fit to thrive challenge. And, um, you know, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, I have that one spot I'm looking to fill. So just DM me, coach me. Um, thank you again. We will see you at the next episode. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.